for agility's sake. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kyle Spitzley. With me today is Marty Bradley. How you doing, Marty? Good, Kyle. How's it going? Really good. Really good. Thanks for being on the show today. So could you introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Marty Bradley. I'm a senior vice president at Leading Agile. And what we do for, uh, especially for accounts like Amway, is we bring in uh, usually senior executives to help uh, align the vision of the transformation with what your business goals are. So my job is really to, uh, you know, herd the cats with the coaches. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> All right. So we've got, you know, a team of people in the Agile Transformation Office. Essentially, half of them are Amway employees and half of them are uh, Leading Agile consultants, contractors, whatever you want to call them, but external resources that have the skills that we don't have internally. And so you, when you say herd the cats, you mean kind of managing that team of coaches, right? Yeah. yeah, What I, what I do is I bring the coaches in and we, in the case of Amway, we have the agile transformation office and our job really is to help form the agile transformation office and transform that knowledge into, so it's part of the way Amway works. Uh, so as time goes on, our coaches kind of take more of a back seat, and the Amway coaches take over. The system of delivery takes hold, and eventually we pull our consultants out, and everybody's working, and it works like clockwork. Like awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the the plan is great. Yeah, right? it's an awesome plan. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been doing this with Leading Agile? Uh, so I've been with um, Leading Agile about four and a half years. Uh, before that, I was doing independent transformations. I for some large uh, consulting companies, but uh, I've been at IT for, God, 35 years. Yeah, since like, IT was a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, as soon as somebody knew how to write a book, uh, that's when I started. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I've been in, and then doing transformations for about 15 years now, 20 years. Awesome. 15, 20. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so funny how, how long Agile has been around. Um, so when you say been doing transformations, has it always been around Agile? It's, it's been mostly that, but what happens is it's interesting because um, I had my own startup for a while, and I could deliver software really fast. Mm. But if you think about it, if you have eight guys and you have one goal, it's easy to kind of move things really yeah. fast. So after that, I went to a large organization. I was the architect and vice president of development, and you have two, 300 people, and all of a sudden you realize, why can't I get anything done? Why is it so slow? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I know what I want, and I'm talking to a bunch of smart people, and they know what I want, and why why doesn't it happen, right? Yeah. So you start looking at that, and you have no choice but to start to transform the organization, whether it's with Agile or some other technique, but you have to line everybody up, understand how you can get 300 people following the same line. And, and you think 300 people is hard, think about Amway, right? Yeah, and, let's do 16,000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see if we exactly. can get people coordinated across the globe in different time zones, and uh -huh. it's a hard thing to to keep yeah. in alignment. That's why it's so much fun. I right? mean, Amway's actually, it feels big compared to 300 people, but there's companies out there, 200,000 people. You yeah. know, they've got, they got to deal with this too. So. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So from your experience, you've been in the space a while. You've, you've been in the dev space. You've, you've done leadership. You've done transformation. What's, uh, um, thinking about agility as not the, the big A agile of methodology in the process, but What's the, the little a agility? Why does that matter to an organization? Well, I'm, I'm actually glad you asked the question that way because what, one of the things that I usually have to go in and tell people is that I don't actually care about Agile, right? That's really not my goal. Hmm. Uh, the goal for Amway is to not be 
perfect agile, right? The right. goal is really to move the organization, right? They have initiatives, markets changing all the time. And it, it used to be okay to make plans for a year and then you'd adjust a little bit. But in today's market, it's impossible. You just can't keep up social media. Things are just changing and you need to be, um, you need to be in the middle of that and you need to be able to make decisions. So the question is, is how do you drive those business outcomes? And sometimes the outcome is you just wanna learn something about your market. Maybe you don't wanna develop a new product yet, you just wanna de-risk an idea that you have. So how is it that I can go in, put those things in place, deliver them, learn what I need to learn, and then decide to to make the bigger spend? Mm -hmm. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm thinking about this from perspective of kind of that point of agile isn't the goal right just like we say the plan isn't the goal um, the concept that is coming to mind for me is that this is about the goals of the organization of amway what are we trying to accomplish as a company what value are we trying to provide to our abos and customers and how can we best do that that is you know effective it's efficient and, and is delivering the value that they expect right so the same concept of I don't go to the gym for the sake of working out. I go there for a goal, right? I want to lose weight. I want to build muscle. I want to be flexible. Those are all things that I can build a plan around and work towards. And if something's not working for me, I adjust the plan exactly. and do it differently. So same thing in the organization. We're using, you know, we've got different approaches that we can get to achieving our goals. We've chosen agile as a way of, of going about that. Right. And and just like um, your example of going to the gym, what happens, right? You go, you go for a couple of weeks and maybe you're trying to lose weight and you're not losing weight. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You're, so you're getting feedback, right? You're using a scale, it's telling you you're not losing weight. So now what do you do? You look at the things that you can adjust. So what can I adjust? I can adjust my diet. Maybe I need to work out harder. And then you make those decisions and then you use that scale in another week and see if you're reaching your goals, right? Yeah. So in Agile, we, we do the same thing, right? So when we look at it, Agile is very, at the simplest forms, very basic. It's three things, right? Teams, backlog, working tested software. And so if we can get a stable team together, we can get a clean backlog from driven by the business outcomes that we want to achieve. And then they deliver something in, a, in two weeks, could be a day that is, is tested and it works, I can give that to a customer, right? Um, and one of the reasons we, you know, we kind of focus on the fact that it's been tested is even if you're doing a, a sample, when you send it to the customer, if it's broken, they yeah. focus on it's broken, not that yeah. it does something that they want, right? Right. Um, so you need to be tight. And then, and then if it works, you want to be able to move fast, right? So you can't be building things that are inflexible and you know are going to break when you start to scale it. Yeah, or it's going to take you a year to scale the thing. Exactly. And, and we've run into that, right? We've, I've worked with uh, companies where uh, the product management team, did, did a, they were great at A-B testing with websites, but the infrastructure wasn't good at, now that I knew that it worked, they couldn't change things fast enough. So they would find a new emerging market, and then it would take them four months uh-huh. to get the thing out in the, um, into the uh, field, and their competitors are now past them. Yeah, somebody's already put, it, put a working functional thing in the into- exactly. Exactly. into the environment and people even if it's not the best solution it's the one that people can get so they're going to go get it yeah well it's um you know it's a great example too from amway one of the things that we do some of the some of the techniques even though we call them agile or, or just good product management techniques mm-hmm. so one of the things that um one of our consultants did an internal and also some internal amway employees they got together and they did what we call impact mapping mm-hmm. and they were looking at how do we how do we take um the air purifier uh, market and increase sales 
right? So they, they did the right thing. So they broke it down and they, they got to the problem statement. And one of the problem statements was the sales guys coming back to them and saying, look, our customers don't think they have an air quality problem. Mm. Right. So it's kind of hard for me to sell them an air purifier. Yeah. Unless they realize this is the quality of your air. Exactly. It's low. <laughs> exactly. So the nice thing, one, one of the great things that Agile does is it brings a lot of smart people together to talk about a problem. Right. It's not necessarily, um, you know, uh, everything's got to be collaborative. Um, you know, cross an organization of 15 people have to unanimously vote, but it's like, let's get some smart people in the room, talk about the problem we're trying to solve. So in this case, there happened to be a developer in the room and they were talking and he said, Hey, you know, I could build an app that they could go out and check the air quality. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, Hey, that's great. How long would that take? He said, well, three months. Now, in, in an older environment, three months may not sound like a big deal. Yeah, that'd be fast compared yeah. to what we used to do. Exactly. So, but, but now that everybody's thinking, how can we quickly prove? Like, it's like, well, but we don't know that the app is really going to solve the problem. Right. What can I do in a yeah. short amount of time? What can I do really short? So somebody else is sitting there and so, well, you know what we can do is we can get an air quality report. It'll be static, but it'll be good enough for a little while. And we can do it in a couple markets, give it to a couple sales guys and see what happens. Right. Mm. So they do this goes out sure enough the sales guy closes a couple more deals and he's like hey i like this idea yeah so now building the app makes sense so now it makes sense right you kind of de-risk that spend that you're going to make yeah and and you're pretty sure that that app is going to help drive the business outcome that you mm. want and you're making me think of uh, something that scott scott sellhorst shared with me we were talking about base camps and somehow we got into the conversation of everything we do as an organization is is essentially a bet like we're placing bets on business decisions and we're saying if we think if we invest money over here it's going to benefit the ABO this way and the customer this way and it's going to benefit Amway this way mm-hmm. and we're trying to find the best way to place a bet and increase the odds in our favor correct right and so we want the best odds possible and so in your situation you're talking about on um, this example of the air purification is we're trying to essentially hedge our bets by putting a little bit out there and saying, look, let's just test this little piece. Exactly. Hey, it worked. Let's put a little more in yep. and, and invest a little more. So instead of saying, hey, we're going to spend $3 million and build this thing, we are not sure it's going to work. Right. We're, we're hedging our bets and being more specific about this, this uh, testing the thing, validating it's going to work with the user. Exactly. So. Awesome. Yeah, and that's, and that's what we talk about when we talk about fast feedback. When you hear people say fast feedback loops, it's exactly what we're looking at. And, and if you think about the governance model, right, when I talked about the three things, the scaled framework that we have in place so that teams can coordinate is really just those three things, and we scale them, we tier them. Okay. And what that does is it allows people to build in measurable goals into their workflow model, which really, if you then think about it, the whole, work, the whole workflow model becomes a, a, a risk aversion system, right? Mm. So how do we place, like going back to Scott, how do we place the right bets? And which bets should we place? Which ones do we know are risky? Mm-hmm. And, and is it worth this amount of risk to verify that? Right. And and to go through the system. And if you have that feedback loop, everybody that needs to be involved is involved and you can make the right decisions going forward. Okay. Yeah. So those three things that you mentioned, uh, teams were backlog and working tested software. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can kind of picture what those things are. I mean, 
can you briefly describe what each piece is? Sure. When we talk about teams, it's if you think the delivery level is the easiest one to think about, right? Is uh, you have a delivery team, they need to be fully cross-functional. Right? Who's on a delivery team? So a delivery team be software developers, your QA people, um, Scrum master, okay. uh, maybe some business analysts, somebody writing user yeah. stories, helping to refine requirements uh, okay. for the testing team, test engineers to so write test Where cases. we're building the thing. Yeah. Right. Building the thing. Okay. And and if if you have everybody you need in there they can build right so what you want to look at when you're building a, um, a system of agility is anytime you have a dependency it's going to slow you down yeah you right? can only move as fast as your slowest dependency exactly exactly and and you know if you're being realistic and you're being pragmatic can't get rid of every dependency right. right there's always organizations especially an organization this large and that has been around this long you're going to have great people that know a lot about the system and and so what happens is is they become a dependency to other people because they have so much knowledge. Mm. Not that it's not good or bad. It's just something you have to manage too, right? Yeah. So you have to build things into the system that takes that into account, right? Yeah, it's actually good that somebody understands that much about the business. Absolutely. It's just hard to deal with if they're the only person who has that and is the bottleneck. Right? Exactly, exactly. And it's a lot of work for them. Yeah, it is. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so that's thinking about the team, uh, the backlog, uh, just kind of. Yeah, so the, so the team's backlog would be, um, so for example, we have a lot of scrum teams here. Yeah. So their backlog is really what, what are they going to work on for the next two weeks, right? So the nice thing about that is that you know how it is when, like if you're writing a document and somebody comes up, you know, you're writing a Word document, somebody comes up, asks you a question, you stop and you talk to them, and then you go back to your document. And you look at it, and you're like, all right, where was I? It takes you a couple back minute, a couple minutes to get back into the flow, yep. right? Same exact thing happens to developers, right? They have a lot of things going on in their head. They don't really take notes. They're writing code. They're testing it. They're thinking about this. And so if people are constantly coming and talking to them during the day, it's it's distracting to them. And, and even though it doesn't look like they're multitasking, they are, mm -hmm. right? So what we, what we try to do is we build a backlog for them to focus on for two weeks. And they, they build what they can for those two weeks. They validate, verify everything, and then move to the next thing. And then when you, when you think about scaling that, you go up to the, to the product here. And what they're doing is they're looking at bigger, uh, larger horizon of things, right? So they're looking maybe four, six, eight weeks out. Okay. Uh, development team's about two weeks out. And then you get to the higher level where the business is looking probably quarterly. And, then you, and the idea quarterly is, am I reaching my yearly initiatives, right? Like, am I following the AGP? Are we on track to deliver what we said we were going to deliver this year? And, and if you look at those increments, it gives you a lot of opportunity to adjust and 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 deliver right mm -hmm. so if you have the right teams in place and you're focusing on those dependencies you you have a really clear view of what it is you're going to deliver right and once you can get more predictable even if you're going at almost the same speed that predictability builds trust into the system mm. right so then more and more people are like when i come to you now and say hey it's going to be three weeks you know I'm probably right, yep. right? And then I'm not just making this up because, you know, I want to go on vacation with my kids or whatever. Yeah. But you're trying to do the right thing, you're trying to be a good steward for leading for Amway. <laughs> for leading Agile. For Amway. Yeah, yeah. for Amway. And, and, and what ends up happening But you have is, to be a steward for both. Yeah, I, you I, do. I do. <laughs> I do. But, you know, one of the things that, that, that I love about doing transformations is you really do get 
very involved in the organization, right? Like uh, at, at the point, if you talk to any of our coaches now, they feel like Amway employees. It's yeah. like it, their, Amway's success is their success, mm-hmm. right? So it is, it is kind of, um, it, it's, a great, it's a great job to, to do because, uh, you know, get to work with uh, companies like Amway that, you know, everybody around here that we met, very intelligent, very smart, want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. are working hard and will test us Every turn, yes, which is, yes they will. So much fun. Yes, they will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have uh, thinking about kind of your. I want to look at the next question here. We, I think with the last thing on your your three three piece list. So we had teams backlogs. You mentioned those, and then working tested software. I'm just going to make an assumption here. The working tested software is working tested software. Yeah, something right? actually in production yeah. or ready to be pulled off the something shelf. Something I can used. demo and show with somebody, Absol- right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. All right, so it's clear, I think I get how Agile helps development and product teams. And I think a lot of our listeners understand that there's some immediate benefits you can get from starting to do um, doing agile, or, yeah. you know, not necessarily being, but doing the things can quickly help teams um, and build some of that trust. Um, but that that makes sense for development and product teams. What does that What does it mean for the leadership level? How does agile help a leader? Well, so from a leadership level, what you know, they're making commitments to the market, right? And they're making commitments to the board members, yeah. and and what they need to know is that those commitments can be delivered on. Right. And and what we've what we've done in the past is uh, we've kind of built this this wall between the business and I.T. Mm. uh, Because a lot of it is because we didn't understand each other. Right. So what would happen is you give a lot of stuff to I.T. It was too much stuff to do. We all kind of knew it was too much, but we couldn't really tell you why or how. Mm -hmm. So nobody wanted to say it was too much because everybody wants to do what's right for the organization. Right. So, you know, it's it's never anything nefarious. It's just the way it is right i want to do it all yeah exactly and you know how and developers are like that right they're very people please they want to deliver they want to deliver cool stuff and they want to deliver everything that you ask for because it's fun yeah and and so what ends up happening is you get so much load in in the development organization or the it organization that they then start making trade-offs that the business should be making yeah right so what what happens is when we get that alignment and kind of shift it to where the business is driving the value which is the way it should be and Mm -hmm. probably the way mentally it always was but then you need to tie those two together so that you can see if the the execution is drifting away from the intent right so if you have that feedback loop you can look at it right so for example when you have working tested software then then the the people at the product tier and even at the investment tier could actually look at it they yep. may not be ready to go to market with it but they could look at it and go wow that's very cool it's exactly what yeah, i wanted hey, could track. you change this yeah and and you can actually have a conversation around it right it's an opportunity to adjust if you yeah. want to yeah i mean we just i mean think about the other day we were working on a presentation there were three of us sitting together in a room Right. We all came in with kind of a uh, sort of an idea what we wanted. If you had asked each of us, we would have told you, yes, we know what it is. And when we sat Mm -hmm. down in the room, we realized it's slightly different than everybody had first described it. And it took us a little while. and We kind of worked together and, quote, unquote, mob programmed it. Yeah. And and the next thing you know, in in a day, we had the slide with the wording and and everything. And it went a lot faster than trading a bunch of emails. Oh, so much faster. I think we did in two hours what would have taken us like two weeks. Exactly. Because we did it together. So if you think about that, if you think about from beginning to end, from a business standpoint, if you can replicate that ability, that's what we're doing with Agile. Mm. Okay. Um, So to be fair, one of the things you said about IT, you know, was we, we said 
and this is historically true for Amway, so you're spot on with, we say yes to a lot of things and we, we tend to make trade-off decisions that the business should be making. So, um, and we've, I think I've been here 10 years and I've seen we've continued to try and get better at how do we prioritize this stuff before we say, yeah, we can do that uh, because we know we can't do it all. And what I see it in some, some areas, you still have um, like an IT team wanting to say yes to their business partner. So someone in sales says, here's all the things I need done in this quarter. And someone in marketing says, here's the thing I need done in this quarter. And the person in IT or digital has to say, uh, I can't do all of that. And they end up becoming the person who's making the trade-off decision that they shouldn't be making, as you said. Uh, but I've seen in some cases that like the other the business partners, they don't want to have the conversation. Like they, they might not want to, to give up their thing for the, the organization. I mean, that's what we're, we're saying is that there are constraints. We only have so many resources sure. and we can only do so many things and only put so many things in the field for our ABOs and customers. So when you've got, um, you know, the three people involved that should be working together to prioritize things uh, so that we don't get into that issue, how do you deal with, you know, the group not necessarily wanting to compromise or give up on their thing. Well, so really, it, I mean, you're just, it's, you're talking about, it's just a classic capacity and demand issue, right? Uh, so what happens is, is that we put, there's a tiered structure in place. Everything should be dri- driven by business value, right? Okay. So those decisions, whether they like it or not, need to be made at the highest level, right? So you have initiatives that we want to do for 2020, say. Yep. So those initiatives come down to... We have a whole bunch, actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's very aggressive. Yeah. And, um, and, and you have portfolio teams, and their job is really to take those initiatives and, and figure out what is it that we're going to implement to achieve those goals, mm. right? So you look at that, and everybody... And then, then they look into the system, and this is, this is why we need this feedback, right? And this is why we need to be predictable. Mm. If we're predictable, we know how much capacity we have. We know how much demand we have. And the business leaders are looking and saying, and I have way too much demand for yeah. the capacity I have. So let's use some sort of test, right? Let's look at business value, maybe risk, maybe cost of delay. If I don't get this into the market, my, my competitor is going to beat me. So yeah. it's more important to me than a little bit more money. Maybe it's bragging rights. Maybe I just want to hold on to a market. But now you have the business making those trade-offs, and it's not going down into the IT. There are going to be times, I mean, nothing's a perfect system, right? Yep. There are going to be times when IT's got to make a decision. There may be technical reasons why they can't do one thing before the other. But now you're making those decisions, and they're very informed, right? You're going all the way back up saying, I, I know you need this first, but because of this, we have to do this, this, and this. Right. And now everybody can um, can make the, the best decision they can make with that information. And the trust that that builds in the system is, is important, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you start to now get people saying, hey, when I'm getting ready to make a decision, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna go grab Kyle and I'm gonna go get Mary and I'm gonna sit down and we're gonna have a like quick conversation and figure out, you know, is this gonna head in the direction we need to or am I immediately gonna run into a real roadblock? Yeah, yeah, so, so we're basically taking out that, you know, this is my idea and I think it's better than yours. Uh, so we should do mine, and we're replacing that with we're we're doing some analysis and some kind of prediction of this is the value we're going to get from it, exactly, right? and then making the decision that's best for the overall organization, not right. for the individual person or the department. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Okay, so uh, moving on a little bit, I'm thinking about leaders, whether it's a senior leader or a middle management role, probably 
focus this question on like I'm a, I'm a manager of a team that is going through an agile transformation. So the way I used to work is changing to a, it's a different way of working. Um, the way my team works is going to be different. So as as a manager, what are some of the common mistakes you've seen you know in your experience with transformations that uh, that come with trying to be more agile? Yeah, it's, you know it's interesting because the way the way I look at it and what I've seen is that. Managers from an IT standpoint come from uh, basically two backgrounds, right? One is they were a software developer, they were really good, or they were an okay software developer, but they had a lot of good people skills, they were a good tech lead or whatever. And they have a tendency to rise up to the ranks of management, maybe director at at a technology level. Um, Or a really good program manager, right? Somebody that knows how to get stuff done, right? So if you think about both those individuals, they're very good at getting stuff done right? Like if I'm a tech lead and there's a problem, I probably can write the code myself. Yeah. And if I have to sit up all night, I'll do it. You and can we'll make get it, it happen. Done. Yeah. And a program manager that was like that, he knew all the people in the organization. If he's been around a while or she, they know who to go get and get them in the room mm-hmm. and they can solve that problem. Yep. With agile, what we're doing is we're asking the teams to form around a problem that needs to be solved. Right. And, and, so now the business is really more in charge of that program management of it, right? It's their job to make sure, hey, this is going to add business value. These are the things we're going to do. And they're tracking that the business value is being delivered. So it takes kind of the project management piece of it away from the, the development managers, right? Okay. So at a lot of times, there's, they're at a loss now as to what to do. Yeah. But if you think about it, when I was a development manager, that wasn't the fun part of my job. Yeah. That was where all my stress came from, right? Yeah. Somebody was calling me up. They were, not, they were always upset because nothing was ever done. It was just crazy, right? Well, they only call you when it's going wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right? Nobody ever talks to you unless there's a problem, <laughs> right? But what, what starts to happen now is that now you can, you can become a, a more of a leader, right? Now you can focus on what are the things I like to do? And there are all kinds of leaders you need in an organization, right? You need people with development backgrounds that can look at teams that we want to be cross-functional, help identify if there are ways to make that team more efficient, right? And if you know the the system, uh, the Agile system really well, or the workflow model, you can help coach your teams and help them be better, mm-hmm. right? And those are the kind of things, and that's usually the reason people want to get into those positions anyway. They want to lead, right? Yeah. So if they can sit down and help people, if they uh, working with a developer that that is a good developer, but he just needs a little bit more training, maybe. Maybe he needs to sit with a senior developer. Maybe maybe he's the kind of guy that just needs to go to a class, right? Some people learn better sitting with other people that are learning something new. Yeah. And, and, and you have more time to be focused on that and be focused on the people side of it. And it ends up making your team happier, right? Because they, they feel cared for. They don't feel like if they, if they do something wrong that somebody's looking to beat them up about it. What somebody's yeah. looking to do is how do I help them? How do I support them uh, to make their, make their life easier? I see. And I, and I think there's probably some folks that have risen the ranks to management from a technical background or development background that they don't want to do that job. Like yeah. that's, that's not necessarily where they want to go. Maybe they want to go back to, let me solve problems. Let me write code right. uh, versus this. Let me take care of the people and let me encourage them to go, you know, improve their professional development and coach them. And so that's a choice that has to be made. 
as you go through this transformation. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is interesting, too, because usually what happens is when I coach development managers as we go to a transformation, I tell them exactly that, right? The organization is changing and roles open up, right? So it's not, um, it's, it's not a time to be worried about your job. It's a time to look around and go, oh, okay, now I know what I love to do. Yeah, what do I want to do? Yeah, maybe, maybe I want to do a product owner role, right? Maybe I like writing features and help solving problems. Maybe I, I'm still very technical and I want to move into an enterprise architecture role. Mm-hmm. But, but, but in all cases, you really need to understand that your job is really to support the system. So for example, I had this um, long time ago. I'm going to say a long time ago. Um, uh, you know, I almost did something that could have killed my career, right? So uh, our, our, I was working for a small software company. They got bought, um, and they took out the CTO and the VP of development. So I come in on Monday, and I'm now all of a sudden the VP of development. Surprise. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, and no, you don't get a raise, they by didn't the come way, with when a that pay happened. Increase. Yeah, no, oh, it doesn't oh, happen man. that way. That's well, my uh, next question. Yeah. Uh, it's like, who did this? Uh, so I come in, and the president knew, you know, they install a new president um, from the head of organization. He says, hey, you know, we have these, um, when you bought the company, you guys have two products that are very similar. And they're our largest customers use them. But they come up with different answers. They had some fuzzy logic in them, right? And th- there were some regulations. So one would give you one set of answers, another would give you another. But as long as they reached 96% against some uh, test thing, they were both okay. But if, so what he said was, he said it exactly like this. I need you to combine those products, give me a 2% lift on the, the addresses that are coming out, but you can't increase the batch window overnight, right? So now, if I'm working in an agile system as the director of develop, or VP of development, what I should do is I should, knowing the system, I should go talk to my product owner and say, hey, just had this conversation. Here's the outcomes that we want. Let's get this in the system and let's let's go deliver yeah. it. What I did <laughs> was I started putting on my architecture hat because I loved architecture, right? I'm like, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to build a facade. We need to. And so I started rambling this off. So I grabbed my architect and I said, hey, we need to blah, 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 blah. And he goes, dude, that's going to take like six months. That's why, well, yeah, we, we only have three. And he goes, well, it's going to take some. I'm like, that, that. so I did what all managers do. I'm like, it needs to take three. Uh, how are we going to make it happen in three? Yeah, That's yeah. what we're going to do. Who do you need to do that? Yeah. So he goes away for a week, and I'm still, like, I'm drawing stuff on the whiteboard. I'm all excited about this, but also stressed because I know it's going to take more than three months. So, yeah. And I haven't gone back to the president yet to give him an update on time because I'm thinking if I can figure out a way to do it shorter, I want, I want that answer Yeah, come first. back with a plan. Yeah. So this goes on for another couple days. And um, one of the good things is, is that I'm very open with my team. So I'm like, look, if you don't like my ideas, I need you to tell me, right? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise I'm going heads down. And so one of the senior developers came by and he was talking to me and he said, what is it that you need to do? And I said, well, you know, we need 2% lift and can't run more than 10% over batch, which is what I should have said the first time. (laughs) And so he goes away. I just thought, hey, we just had a conversation. He walks away. I'm like, I stopped thinking about him. Yeah. He comes back the next day, and he goes, um, by the way, I can get you 4% lift, and it, you don't even notice the batch window. And I looked at him, and I go, what are you talking? Like, I actually forgot we had had the conversation <laughs> the day before. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, um, you know these things have a – I just called one from the other, and all, all it is is a packaging issue. And, I, and I'm like, what? And he said, <laughs> I'm confused. I've solved your problem. <laughs> 
it, three weeks, it'll take us to repackage these things. You'll have your solution in a month. Oh, man, that's right? awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, thank God I waited to go tell the, pre, uh, the president that yeah. it was going to take me six months to do something that was just completely. And if you think about it, the customers would have hated it because they would have had to change. It would have been a mess. Yeah. So even even so in this situation, even though you did what probably wasn't the best approach, you, you, got, I, you were saved by a, a senior well, developer. Yeah, I, I was saved by people that were, you know, I, I don't like the term agile mindset necessarily, but that's the way they thought, right? Yeah. And and we had actually started to do, that was my very first transformation, by the way. Okay. I was starting to transform that organization. One of the guys came back and he basically threw my transformation language in my face. Yeah. And, um, so and you're I, learning too. I, I thank him every day. Every, yeah. every once in a while I see him on LinkedIn and I thank him. I said, by the way, thank you. I still had a job <laughs> after, after that week. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. All right. So is there uh, any advice you would give? Uh, so we'll wrap up here. Is there any advice you would give to somebody who's in a, a management role that is experiencing some of the growing pains of, of a transformation? Yeah. Um, you know, a couple things. One is understand the system of transformation we're putting in place, right? Be a good steward. Uh, the thing is, is if, if the managers could become coaches, that's probably the best thing, no matter what role they end up taking on or what role they find. But their job should really be to coach the system. That's what their role was before, right? Their role before was to understand the system and how to get things delivered. Mm -hmm. That's still the role, but the system underneath has changed. Yep. So if they understand that, when they now when they get that uncomfortable conversation where somebody comes in and says, hey, I need you to do this, hey, great. You don't have to say no. Say, okay, Let's take it. Let's put it into the system. Where's the where's the right intake? Does it go to the portfolio team? Do I take it to my product team? And then they put it into the system, and then I can go back and say, Hey, we got it in there. Um, you know, we we looked at the schedule. It'll be about three months. Okay. Then you can have that conversation. But if the development managers understand the system and can help coach, um, that it's a great place for them to be. All right. Yeah. So that would be um, kind of the manager switching to a coach role. Uh, your your comment was you know understand our system of transformation understand the system of delivery how right. that works yeah right? how do I learn how would I learn more about that so a bunch of ways right uh, of course I'm going to say stop grab a coach uh, but come to the ATO the ATO is putting together resources for some self learning um, we have a lot of resources now on the SharePoint site um, come to the ATO office we're going to start getting better about having some open uh, open um, coaching time but sitting down by your team so you can stop by when you have free time yeah but talk to anybody in the ato and and we can we can hook you up with somebody depending on where you are in the in the knowledge yeah tree. yeah we're, we're accessible we're available we want people to come and, and absolutely engage with us and we want to help so yeah, yeah. Absolutely. awesome well thanks so much marty i really appreciate you joining me today it's been great thank you appreciate it bye thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the show please leave a review and share it with others to learn more about Amway's Agile journey, follow the hashtag AmwayAgile on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And if you're an employee, do that and search Amway Agile forward slash in your browser.